Amen, amen. How's everybody doing this morning? We all good? The name of the band is, uh, what are we, we said something like Staver in the Grind or something the other night, but me and Daniel on the way in this morning said something about Staver and Associates. Is that, is that cool? <laughs> Staver and Associates. Keith, thanks for hooking up the bass again, man. No, wait. Who did, yeah, you did the bass, right? Cool deal. Cool deal. So, man, right on. Did you guys enjoy yourself so far? Hey, man. Yeah, right on. Awesome. Awesome. You know, it's cool. Uh, we're still, we've got a nice crowd in here, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, July 4th weekend, and some people are coming in and, like, couldn't find a seat last week. So, probably like, ooh, there's one over there, and there's one over there. It's cool. So, it's uh, very nice to have everybody. Good to see a good crowd here. Happy 4th of 5th of July. Everybody have, uh, everybody able to hear from the, the boom boom last night? I tell you what, it's loud in that drum cage, man. So, if I, if I ask people to answer that phone, whatever it is, just, uh, just ignore me here in a second. So... Guys, my name is Casey. I'm one of, the, one of the pastors here at New City Church. Thank you all for coming in. Great to see some new faces. Great to see some people I haven't seen in a little bit. And uh, man, it's wonderful to have, you know, just a, just a, a Holy Spirit-filled time together with people that just, that just love Jesus. And that's just what we're about, man. We're not, we're not really trying to, to, to add anything to Jesus, make him cooler than he already is, or make him anything like that. Lord, we, he's, he's, he's so cool we could never even fathom, right? about who he is man but but god is god has done some amazing things in our in our in our church and i just want to want to thank everybody for coming in this morning and fo- the folks that are volunteering and stuff and guys we're gonna gonna make a call adam kind of talked a little bit about your connect cards i'm gonna want to ask everybody to hold up a connect card real quick all right in mid-august we are going to be going to a second service, if not beforehand. Um, last week was insane, and it's, and it's pretty packed today, no doubt about it. But last week, you know, we, we had just standing room only, and this was like three out of the last four weeks prior to that. And we put in more chairs, people kept coming. <laughs> you know, it's just so we are like, wow. Um, by the way, that should be something that people should be like, heck yes, right? Amen? I mean, right on, man. Let's get some enthusiasm in here. Come on. They're like second service, like, oh, okay, cool, second Like, what, seriously? That's, that's amazing, like, that's like double the number of services we have, in case you didn't know. Okay, I'm just, just, just going to put it in perspective. It's like a 100% increase in the service. But the, we're going to do that in mid-August. And if, if we are packed, like, next week, like we were last week, we may call an audible and go a little faster. What we're going to need as a result of that, we're going to need people that are going to be in Kid City. We're going to need more people, more volunteers in Kid City, more volunteers in, 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 in parking, more volunteers making coffee. More and Guys, I'm telling you, this is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing to be a part of. But the idea is that we don't want the people that are already serving to get burned out. Because here's what happens in a lot of churches. People will, people will serve and serve and serve and serve, really not understand why they're serving, right? They'll, they'll just serve because, hey, I've got to fill this slot, or I've got to fill this usher position, or I've got to see, you know, make sure things are clean, or, or whatever it is. But we serve in order so that, so that people can be saved and so that we can serve along people alongside and develop relationships. Serving is not just about getting a job done. Serving is about getting to know God more. Amen? And that's why we do it, man. I, we have a service of, uh, of people that serve, uh, you know, like people are already serving here. We have a, kind of a pre-service. And, uh, man, I just got the sense this morning that some of us are just getting kind of tired. And so what we want to do is we want to have other people to to serve and, 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 to, and to love on folks, man. If you have a, if you have a heart for, for parking folks, man, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. If you have a heart for children, we want you to, to, to put on your Connect card 
sign me up or something like for kids or whatnot. Like Adam talked about too, some of us are wondering what this church is, this crazy church out in Edgerton, Kansas is all about and why so many people keep coming from all over. I mean, we had like last week, I mean, about a fourth of us were from Olathe, man. I mean, we're like, got people come from Baldwin City, a bunch of us from Baldwin City, a bunch of us from Gardner, and a bunch of us from Edgerton too. It's pretty wild and it's exciting to see. Man, and so we've got a great pool of people that we can count on to, to serve in, in, those, in those ways. So as we do that, as we start going out and doing, those, doing the things that we're doing in the community, guys, it's going to get more and more people coming. It's just going to happen. Um, on Facebook last week, did you guys happen to see, you guys know Dave Rawls, right? You might know how old Dave, Dave is, by the way. It's like, I don't want to say. <laughs> you know? But I, I think he's probably in his 50s or 60s, man. And a little while back, uh, we talked about this, this idea of what Jesus said on the cross. His very last words were tetelestai, right? And I said it was like the southern folks say tetelesti. But that's all right. Well, he got that like on his arm right there. And he gave me a pay. I was like, what? That is amazing, man. You're like my hero. So it's totally, totally cool. So. And some of us are going, oh, you're talking about tattoos and think it's okay. Right? Some of us are like, did you say it's okay to have tattoos? Um, guys, we're going to talk about some of that stuff today. And it's a great segue into kind of what, we, what we're talking about. Guys, we've been t- going through the story. This week, we're going to kind of take a break from the story for a couple of reasons. Sometimes we just need breaks, right? Yeah. Amen? Okay. All right. Make sure we're all with it. I mean, I, you know, I'm a teacher. I love, I love, I love answers when I, get, when, I, you know, when I ask questions and stuff like that. It's kind of like one of those things like, oh, class, are we, are we awake? Uh, by the way, the coffee is pretty strong this morning. If anybody needs more. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And I don't mean I've had enough, but what we've been talking about is a story. We're going to take a little bit of a break, a little bit of a hiatus, and kind of, kind of, we've been going through basically Genesis up till, till now. So we've gone through the creation, we've gone through the flood, we've gone through Noah, we've gone through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, that kind of thing. We ended up with Joseph last week. And so and all these guys are, are, have, basically, we're going to go through, start with Moses next week. And we know that Moses was given the law by God. I mean, so all the, everything we've looked at has been essentially pre-law, not that law is not eternal of God, but, but that God hasn't given the law yet up, up until this point. And so what we are seeing now is that we've seen these guys that have been part of God's upper plan uh, and been basically in step with God's upper plan. They've they've had their lower plan and their lower issues and the lower problems and all that kind of stuff. And God has been, his upper plan has been fulfilled through these guys and they're just like moving along straight with them. And sometimes they veer off and they get back and they veer off and they get back. And so what we're going to talk about today is kind of peer into the future of the scriptures, if you will, not the future from today, but, the, but where we've been so far, and look at the time where, where God decided to, as we're living our upper plan in history, he's decided to come down in the form of Jesus and be part of our lower plan. So we're going to talk about that today and, and kind of what that looks like for us as, as, a, as a church body, how do we live our lives on a day-to-day, all those kinds of, kinds of different things. So we've been talking about God's upper story, and, and, and what I want to talk about is, man, he, he's come down with us, man, amen? He's not like way up, sometimes I, I feel like I've done a disservice in my teaching is that, that I've said, he's way up here, we're down here. Man, he pursues us, has been pursuing us from the beginning, loves us so much, doesn't need a jack squat from us, but yet decides he's going to come down and doesn't have to come down and show us how it's done. It's incredible, man. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that. And, you know, last, uh, last week I brought up, or last couple of weeks, I brought up a, a thing where 
You know, where, where Isaiah 55, 9 says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than, higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. That's why sometimes we're like, I don't understand why God does these things and, 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 and has these plans. But man, God is God. He's the one that made it all. So we want to continue to, to encourage people to, to get the story. If you haven't got the story book, the, the, basically the excerpts of the Bible written in chronological form, and it's not a replacement of the Bible. It is a genuine help you to get into the Bible, help you to understand where things are connected. It's, it's kind of wild. We've had some great, great uh, testimonies of people that have started to read this. and like, man, it's like it just clicked for me. Like, like, the, like the, the puzzle pieces just, that seem disjointed as I'm reading the Scriptures, that, that all of a sudden it's like, I'm getting them. I'm getting where they fit in and who, who wrote this and who did this and where they did this and where it fit in. It's pretty cool. So we encourage people to continue to do that. And we encourage people to come and, and listen to the messages on Sunday. You maniacs keep coming back and filling this house. Man, I love it, right? And it's so cool to do that. But if you can't make it and if you got like malaria or something, that's totally cool. We got it. We're going to have the, the messages online. You can check the podcast out. Just click check on newcitychurch.com. Go down to the Edgerton podcast and you can, you can check those out. You can still listen to those. So you can, can do all that. And if you haven't started coming yet, even though we're not going to have, uh, have group on tomorrow night, man, I want you to, to be thinking about getting into a story group that happens every, just about every Monday at 7 o'clock. And what this does, we dive deeper into the concepts. And right now, Audra is uh, facilitating a, just a conversation. He asks, his, asks, asks questions and we, we kind of just discuss things. And man... There's been some heavy concepts that have come out of this stuff. And then I want you to discuss it with your family. Take, a, take a, a day a week that you can discuss this with your family and share this new understanding of God with other people. See, our hope is that you start to develop a worldview that aligns with God's. See, we, have, we can have a worldview that aligns with the world, and that's, that's not like, I mean, the world has been jacked up for all of history, right? There's some really crazy stuff that's going on. So we start aligning ourselves with the world, then we want to align ourselves with who, who God is and develop a worldview that aligns with God. It's his upper plan, our upper plan. Even though he's come down, man, he's still here, right? I mean, he's still God, and, and so we got to have that. He's not like our homeboy or anything like that. He's God. You should start to, by now, start to understand that the reflection of the Old Testament, I've had Christians say things like, Man, I, I am so glad that Jesus came and did away with the Old Testament. Man, that's not true at all. Man, the Old Testament is a, is a there's an interweaving of the Old and New Testament. There's an interweaving of all this kind of stuff. We've seen it in Joseph. We've seen it in Isaac. We've seen it in all those kinds of things we've talked about. This, this reflection, and not only is the Old Testament kind of calling for the anointed one, the Messiah that is to come. There's 300 some odd prophecies that are going to be you know, proclaimed in the Old Testament that Jesus comes and fills, fulfills. And it's, it's just really remarkable. And what we, what, we, what we see about guys like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph from last week, you know, what Joseph said in Genesis 50 verse 20 says, when he talked to his brothers after they had just done some terrible, terrible things to him, how do you have a heart of God without having the full word of God in your hands? So he said in Genesis 50 20, and I ended it kind of last week with this, said, you intended to harm me. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And you know, see, this, is, this obedience is just miraculous. I mean, you think about that. He doesn't have the New Testament. He doesn't have revelation where it shows where we win, right? God wins. We're on his side. 
And since we have the full word of God and we're living in an age that should actually be easier and more fulfilling and, and, and more fun and more like a, I mean, golly, man, it's like a great celebration that we get to live in a time like this, that we have the Holy Spirit within us and that God has already come down and done his thing and shown us this. Man, Matthew 5, 17, uh, verse 20 is Jesus' very first public ministry sermon when he comes in and he, and he says some, some radical things. I want to tell you, man, a lot of people think the Sermon on the Mount, which is what we're going to kind of go through a little bit today, that the Sermon on the Mount is all about the Beatitudes. It's a blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. We think that those, that's all it is, man. But it is, a, it is like several chapters of uh, some hard-hitting stuff where he actually calls out religious people for, for being religious. And he calls out people, and when I say religious, I'm talking about people that are, that are like all about rules, all about denominations, all about having to do it this way, all about having to wear this, all about having to drink this and eat this, having to, you know, having to have this kind of habits and everything to be holy. And he, and he comes out and he says, in, in 5 verse 17, he says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. A lot of people, remember what people say, they, hey, I'm glad God, uh, glad Jesus came down and did away with the Old Testament. Here's, man, read, guys, read the scriptures, it's amazing. Don't think that I've come down to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Listen to what he's saying, his very first public sermon, it's about me, I'm fulfilling them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is what? Accomplished. Exactly right. We got the whole thing. Verse 19 says, Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and, and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, I'm going to talk about who those folks are in a second, and teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Guys, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the teachers of the law in the first century were the, were the people that, that everybody looked at in society and said, man, those guys got God down, man. They are, they are like, he is the, they are the, the men's, right? Those are the ones that, that are closest to God. They have it all together. They do all the rules. They do all the traditions. They do all the uh, rules and regulations and everything that they have. They, they, they do them all. They are awesome, right? And here comes Jesus, and he says, on his first public ministry sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, he starts calling them out. Those very same people. This is a tough, tough dude. See, People tend to look at Jesus in some funny ways. And, and we've done this as a church, and we've done this in, in the arts, and we've done this in drawings and paintings and things like that. But we've pictured Jesus a lot of times as a little bit of kind of a feminine guy, kind of a hippie, a philosopher, kind of a guy sitting in the lotus position, burning incense, putting out philosophical truths that people can live their lives by and think like wow they put him on like the same level as Buddha or Confucius or that kind of thing. Man, he's God. In the flesh. And here's what Jesus is. The kind of, and I love talking about Jesus, the deity. Don't get me wrong. Jesus is God, God, man. Fully, fully God, fully man. But I love talking about the man part. Because here's, here's who Jesus, I mean, as a man is. He's tough. 
He's a man's man, a construction worker. Grew up poor, probably. A lot of times we, we imagine him as light-skinned. We've Americanized. He's probably a little bit darker skinned. Probably didn't have the long, flowing Fabio hair. Probably had short hair. Because if you look at the first century art and things like that, everybody had short hair. And if you believe what Isaiah said, that there's not going to be anything going to be like physically different about this guy. There's nothing that would attract us to him. Nothing that's going to stand out. Man, he loved children. He protected women. He was a friend of sinners. He actually went into the, to the, to the hub of sin and, and talked to them about who God really is. Didn't preach to them like, you're going to go straight to hell. He just looked at them and hang, hung with them, and they loved him for it. And he tore the religious, legalists, the teachers of the law, the, fra- the, the, the Pharisees, the scribes. He tore them to pieces, man. The people that he could not get along with at all were the very people that represented God. And guys, the American church is suffering from much of the same thing as what we are suffering from today. It is incredible how much of a man's man this guy is. And yet we somehow have figured out that if we put soft music and silk flowers and lace doilies in a church, man, people are going to, hey, this is what you do, right? I'm not criticizing any of this stuff, man. What I'm saying is, guys... What we, are, what we need to understand is Jesus was a man and a dude and a man's man and tough and a rebel. Amen? Does that not excite the, his church? He was rebellious in a lot of ways. Not, not sinfully rebellious, but rebellious against the social structure that said, you got to do God this way. You got to do God this way. You got to do God this way. And here's Jesus saying, I don't think so, man. You guys are jacked and you have no love in your hearts. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you so much. We are free. The only folks Jesus seemed to get angry with were those who used God's name for their own glory. Those who used God's name for their own glory are the people that Jesus seemed to get really upset with. The religious folks at the time, and a lot of people still don't understand this, they're like, they developed 10, listen to this, 10,000 rules and regulations in order not to violate the 600 plus commands of the, of the Old Testament. And this is, the, the, this is where Jesus entered into history um, in this bondage, right? The, the church, essentially, or the, the people of God in this, at, the, at, at this point, man, they were, they were like shackled. They couldn't do anything right. They couldn't do anything. I mean, just, whoo. It was so much to do that they could never get it all right. And God came to earth to show us how to live in the lower story. In John 1.14, the word became flesh. And made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of what? And? See, some people are so truth that they can't have grace. Some people are so grace they can't see the truth. He came full of both. Amen? See, God in his upper story, his upper plan, even though he didn't need us, didn't know he didn't want, didn't have to, he desires, he wants us so bad that he was willing to, to, Come down and, and give, us, give us freedom. That we weren't shackled by the traditions. We weren't shackled by the, what people said we had to do. He said, man, I, I'm about fulfilling all that stuff, man. It is free. You are free. And this freedom came at a great price. Everything God had for our sorry behinds. Amen. Right? On top of that, Christ sent his Holy Spirit. And see, this, we're, starting to, we're starting to get into the story about the, about, we're just about to get into Moses, right? But we need to understand how this all 
ties together, right? Because you got Father who sent the Son who sends the Holy Spirit, man. And, and, and we get to walk with God all the time. How many people have ever read the book uh, Not a Fan by Kyle Eidelman? Anybody ever read that? Great book. And it's about not being the, the like, oh, yeah, man, me and Jesus is, I mean, I'm a Christian. I go to church. and I, I mean, it's talking about like a, like a deep-seated understanding of what it means to follow the Lord. And there's, a page on, there's an excerpt on page 91 that I want to read to you that, that just st- stands out to me so much. And as we're going through the Old Testament, I just want us to see, help us to understand just how wonderful it is to be living at this time in history. See, Kyle Eidelman on page 91 and not a fan, says, sometimes I hear people talk about the different men and women of the Old Testament, and there's a hint of jealousy. They, they may say it or just insinuate it, but here's what they communicate. What would it have been like to hear God's voice and see him in such powerful ways? I wish it was the same for us and as it was for those whose stories we read about in Scripture. When I get to heaven, I can't wait to ask David, Elijah, or Moses what it was like But I think it will be just the opposite in heaven. Before we can ask David what it was like to slay the giant, to win the battles, he'll say, tell me what it was like to live on earth, to have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, giving you strength when you're weak. We might say to Elijah, what was it like to call down fire from heaven before the prophets of Baal and raise that boy from the dead? And I think Elijah might say, yeah, he actually ended up dying again. But you tell me what it's like to have God living inside of you. What, what was it like to live on earth with the Holy Spirit giving you joy when you're depressed or giving you power to overcome that sin in your life? Wow. And we might say to Moses, what was it like to follow the cloud by day and fire by night? What was it like to meet God on that mountain? And Moses might say, I had to climb that mountain to meet God. You tell me what it was like to have him dwell within you every day. What was it like to have the Holy Spirit giving you directions when you didn't know what to do or where to go? Amen. What a great, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We're in a wonderful place, guys, in history of the, of the church, in the history of, of, of God's people, man, that we have become the intertwining of his plan and, and, and the lower story, man. He is with us all the time. Never forget that. Amen, guys? That we hear us. That we hear this church. That we get, not that we have to walk with him, but that we get to walk with him. I'm going to read out of Galatians 5. This is, as some of you know, um, Paul wrote lots of pieces of the New Testament. Wrote to the churches, wrote to, you know, individuals and things like that. Wrote to different local churches and around and Paul was a, a persecutor of Christians and a, a killer of Christians. And he said, man, he was like the Hebrew of Hebrews, trapped in all this religion, trapped in all this tradition, trapped in all these rules and regulations and legalism that, that didn't matter ultimately to God. It was man-made stuff, and he was trapped in that, right? And so when he, when he saw Jesus on the road to Damascus, it, it, flipped him to, it flipped the switch for him, and he spent time, you know, just... I'm not, you know, the scholars are divided about how much time he spent after that, but he spent time getting to know and talk to people and, and really understand, and he became a great leader in the church. 
And I'm going to read Galatians 5, but I want to read a little bit prior to that in Galatians 4. You guys know that I love to read chunks of Scripture, not verses of Scripture, because the verses in Scripture are in context of all the other Scriptures, and it's important for us to understand what's going on in context. Amen? Because you can take a, you can take a verse out of context and make it say whatever you want to, right? And people are doing that all the time. And in Galatians 4, verse 2, it's not going to be up on the screen or anything like that. I just want to back it up a little bit. So now you brothers and sisters, and he's talking to this church, by the way, that is mired in legalism. Even though they have seen Jesus, even though they're Christians, they still think they're, they're battling about this whole, well, we got to do this and we got to do that and we got to do that. Even though Jesus flipped out on the people that said that, they're still striving and struggling with this whole idea. Specifically, what he's talking about here is circumcision. Now listen to this. Now you brothers and sisters, like Isaac, Hey, have we talked about Isaac here in the last couple of weeks? I think we have. Our children of promise. Hey, it's the New Testament and the Old Testament, all in the same one. It's the same word, I guess. At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the spirit. It is the same now. Remember when Isaac was born and Hagar and all that kind of stuff where, you know, they had the, I mean, we, we went through that quite a bit. If you are confused now, just go back and listen to what the, Listen to the podcast. Get rid of the slave woman and her son. Well, what does the scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son. For the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. Now, hear this. Now, I want you to, there's some people like, whoa, 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 slavery, man. See, God, God's all about slavery. And man, I don't know if about this God thing because, you know, he's, he approves of slaves in the Bible and all this kind of stuff. And, and we've, we don't really, you know, like God for that and all this kind of stuff. Guys, I want to encourage you to do something. Go to newcitychurch.com. Go down to the archive message and look into the Remember, Guys, remember when we were doing Ephesians and stuff? Chris Moex at the Shawnee campus addressed this very issue on chapter 6 of the Ephesians, when if you look on that, guys, it'll blow your mind how we have warped this whole idea. And people are, you know, people are like walking away from the faith about something they don't even understand. So check that out. So when we start talking about slave and free, man, just, just check that out. It's, it's a really an amazing message he gave. The Galatians 5, 1 through 26, and we're going to go through quite a bit of the chapter. And he starts off, Verse 1, saying this, he said, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And we dare to celebrate the 4th of July as if the founding fathers gave us freedom. Founding fathers, guys, understood that we are endowed by our, yeah, exactly right. Even they understood. Guys, they didn't give us jack. It is God that gave us freedom. And we never can forget that. Amen. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. Stand firm then. Man, we celebrate freedom, but we've got to celebrate the, the, the giver of freedom, not just the freedom itself. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the a yoke of slavery. Remember what he's talking about. He's talking about this legalism. Specifically, he's talking about circumcision. Mark my words, I, Paul, people still debate who wrote this. <laughs> says right here tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Now, he's not saying don't be circumcised. He's saying if you think that that's what's going to save you, Christ means nothing to you. Catch what I'm saying on that. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. 
you who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we have hope. For which we hope. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision, listen to this, nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is what? Faith expressing itself through, man, wow. Man, he's, he's throwing it down right here. For Christ, in Christ you are ne- for expressing yourself through love. There, there we go, verse 7. Now you are running a good race. You cu- who cut in on I love this, man. He's starting to call people out. Jesus called people out. Paul's calling people out. You are running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying what? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast. Works through the whole, pat, whole batch of dough, meaning that, that you get a, somebody in there just sort of stirring stuff up. Somebody in there just, just twisting the truth just a little bit. All of a sudden, the whole church is jacked up, right? That's why it's important for us to call people out and, and say, hey, look, guys, this is not true. Catch that? See, I, what I, what I want to understand is that it is not one of the pastors. See, everybody here should be a pastor in this. Everybody here should be calling, hey, I see this in you, and I'm concerned about this for you, right? I'm not talking about being critical, having a critical spirit, but if you're seeing somebody openly sinning in a, a particular way, call them, man. Tell them, I'm your friend, I love you. Do that. Man, what would happen if we all did that? Man, we would grow. I mean, we would be like tight. It's really, truly amazing if we actually do this. Now, those who want to say, well, you ain't got nothing to say to me, man, they're probably going to walk away from the church anyway, I'm just saying. And let's get real about who we are as a church. Can we do that, New City? Amen? Lost my place. Verse 10. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? Um, I don't have to explain what circumcision is, right? Don't make me do that. All right, cool. All right. In that case, the offense of the cross has been what? The offense of the cross has been, this is offensive to people, has been abolished. This might be my life verse right here. I'm not sure. But as for those agitators, this is so funny. This is very sarcastic. I wish they would just go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Do you hear what Paul's saying? In a letter inspired by God, he's saying, hey, if you think cutting a little skin off your privates is okay, won't you cut them all off and maybe you'll be saved that way? Wow. That's funny, right? That's sarcastic. Well, that's not very good philosophical truths that we can live our lives by. Yeah, I think it's probably, it, it pounds it in, man. They're serious about this stuff, man. We cannot be shackled by slavery. We cannot be shackled by, by traditions. We cannot be shackled by denominations. What we eat, what we drink, what we wear, who we see, where we go. Amen. Freedom, baby. That's why we're here. It is for freedom that, is, that Christ has set us free. You, my brothers, verse 13, my brothers and sisters were called to be what? But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's why we serve people. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, 
in person, on Facebook, <laughs> doesn't matter. There are people that are not here today because of arguments they've had with other people in this church on Facebook. Give me a break. Give me a break. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit is what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. Come on, I'm sharing. So that you do, so that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Brace yourselves, folks. But, everybody say but. But the fruit, not the fruits. This is like a super fruit all mixed up in one, right? The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, forbearance or patience, Kindness, goodness, right? Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no what? Law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited provoking and envying each other. And church, I don't know when you've been lied to, where you've been lied to. You may have been lied to in a church about what you're supposed to do because that's the right thing to do. And guys, I will tell you this, if it's not in scriptures, it's led by the Spirit completely, amen? See, I see people that will say silly stuff like, you're supposed to wear a suit in church. Well, you're all sinners, because I don't see one, right? I see people that say you're supposed to, supposed to not watch SpongeBob SquarePants or something like that. I see people that say you're not supposed to drink at all. I see people that say you're not supposed to go to movies. I see people that say you're not supposed to listen to rock and roll music. I see, oh, there's, oh, check him out. Check him out. That's my man right there, right? I stand corrected. <laughs> baby. Woo, sorry. Sorry, you stunned me, baby. I see people all the time shackled by this idea that we have to do things a certain way, and it's not even in the scriptures, man. See, I would imagine if somebody would say, Don't drive gas guzzling cars. If Jesus were alive today, he'd be in like an 18-cylinder something, you know, coming up here, waggle, waggle, waggle. Don't listen to rock, rock and rap music. Um, I'll pray for anybody that doesn't like rap. But I could hear Jesus thumping some Triple E on the way in with his SpongeBob flat bill on. 
And if somebody said, you got to wear a suit, he'd come in in shorts. Because that's what he did. When the people said, the Pharisees said, you got to act a certain way and wash your hands a certain way and you've got to do this a certain way and you've got to pray a certain way and you've got to live a certain way and your habits have got to be a certain way. Jesus did the opposite because he rebelled against those who did not have God and love in their hearts. They re- he rebelled against those who had religion as their God, as their idol. Amen? And so we've got to be the same. And I want us to... We're going to have the ushers come up and, and, and do the giving. And I want us to, to be thinking, guys. What is it that we are shackled by, that we've allowed ourselves to be enslaved to? And I'm not even just necessarily talking about sinful activity. I mean, I'm not talking about calling out, you know, porn addicts or anything like that. I'm not calling out, you know, drug addicts. I'm not calling out those people or anything like that. I, we, we get that, right? But I'm talking about where have you and your walk with the Lord becomes shackled by something that's not something that, that the scriptures talk about. Something you wear, something you eat, something you drink, something you, someplace you go, or don't go, or don't drink, or don't eat. Because you've put this on yourself because somebody told you that's what Christians are supposed to do. And it never was meant to be that way. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this wonderful, awesome, amazing church. That A church that, that still fills up the house even on a holiday weekend. This is crazy. We thank you for the opportunity you have given us, Father, to show our community, our, not, only, not only Edgerton, but Baldwin City, Gardner, Olathe, Ottawa. I mean, Osawatomie. I mean, we have people come from Osawatomie. Really, God? Really? To our town? God, may we never be the church that says you got to do it this way or you can't be here. You got to have this habit or you can't be here. That if you listen to rock and roll style music or rap style music or country style music, even if it's not sinful, that's the sin. That's devil music. That's, come on, man. God, that's not what you died for. It's not what you came to be part of the lower plan for and show us how it's done. It's not what you did. God, as we, man, if we take these tithes and offerings, may we be, I mean, a, a reflection of the generosity that you've shown us in your word and when you came and you were the, you were, man, you showed us what to do. And you were tough and you fought when, when, we were spo- when you were supposed to fight. And you laid back when you're supposed to because you were guided by God, the Father. We love you, Father. And as a Father, as we take these tithes and these offerings today, may you show us what to do with them. God, we know that we are running behind and we're not trying to make a call for, for any kind of giving or anything like that. Like, some telethon or something, Lord, but, but you have given us what you wanted to give us, Lord, and we are making the necessary changes to adjust budgets and all that stuff, Lord. May you continue to guide us in how this money is supposed to be spent. So in your son's awesome and amazing and freedom-giving name, all on New City Church said,
Amen.